0: Tony Dwyer is joining us from Canaccord Genuities, the chief market strategist. Tony, welcome back to the program. Good to see you this morning. Tony, we got you on on Skype. Good to have you. So, walk me through it. How are you approaching and analyzing the sell off that we've had this month?
1: So, Oliver, as you know, over the last month, we've been talking about how we're in an environment that could be like the fall of 2009. To take you back, in early 2009, you made a low in March. The market went up about 40-something percent into June, July, which brought in a correction into early July. And then you went up, ultimately, a little bit over 50% by early August, very similar to what took place after the turn this last March. Then what happened was you stair-stepped higher into the end of the year, where you walked into a number of 3 to 7% corrections, and you still had a pretty good um, fourth quarter rally, although it was very volatile and choppy. That's kind of been our playbook, where we've been expecting these corrections to come in. Now, this one, this one could be, you know, it could be the COVID nineteen in the UK. It could be um, the Ginsburg. Uh, passing away, God bless her, uh, and the renomination of a new Supreme Court justice and the shenanigans going with that. The political environment's toxic. So you can find any number of excuses, but it's not monetary, it's not credit, and it's not economy. Hmm. So ultimately, with those three factors in play, we've been wanting to add into the expected weakness, which is our playbook.
0: Now, Tony, with the way the market has been so divided, we probably have to be even more specific here because equities have like two exactly. faces. One is the NASDAQ-MOMO trade. It's got all the quarantine stuff wrapped up in it from six months. The other is the one from the last month that is doing a lot better than tech, and that's that kind of cyclical reflation trade. So when you say add in, to which one?
1: Yeah, that's that's you know that's, and that, as you know, I- I'll tell you what, three weeks ago, I'm taking some pretty heavy incoming for not chasing the mega cap trade. Now it's given back all the gains of the last two months plus. So we've been in favor of buying into the economic uh, reopening and economic recovery theme, given the OECD economic uh, uh, indicators for the composite leading indicators for the 37 countries they track. Oliver, we have a historic amount of excess liquidity because of fiscal and monetary action. Um, we've, we also have a synchronized global recovery using any data that you want to find. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, history shows you want to use the economic recovery theme. But what's really interesting to me is I can't say the mega cap are up into the right parabolic anymore. They've given back a significant portion of their gains that in our view was excessive. So I'm kind of off the rotate out of one and into the other, and kind of I think it's a good opportunity for the broad market now, not just maybe a specific sector.
0: Very interesting. Now, Tony, uh, the broad market, do you get into the approach that uh, is that kind of barbell style, or dabble a little bit in both, or is that like you know, the hot water, cold water thing, and you get nowhere?
1: You know, it's it's, as you know, I don't get down to very specific uh, securities, but is Infotech going to do bad in a global recovery when there's such liquidity? No. My issue wasn't that you had a problem with these companies. They're terrific companies. The problem was how everybody had taken them far too excessively higher. Mm. That's been given up. To me, that creates state. Now you need a period of stabilization in them. Um, they're outperforming today, the the FANG stocks, the mega cap, uh, stay-at-home names. But again, I, I think it's one of those things where you can sit back and you can look at this in landscape. And, and when you get away from the fact that the market's down so much today, ultimately, what's the driver? Mm. Liquidity, economy. And those two are still in the good mode.
0: Tony, you mentioned taking some incoming fire for not having been crazy bullish on the big tech run-up from the coverage in a journalist standpoint, I was taking a couple of licks because I wasn't describing the Fed meeting as a dovish one last week. If we look at your chart again, I'm curious on where you fall on this because for big tech, even though to your point here, a recovery in the global economy is probably not a bad thing for tech. What about the valuation perspective where tech has been the biggest beneficiary of that liquidity? Because even by your chart here, we're at records, but it looks like in terms of rates of change, Maybe that liquidity is ebbing if Jay Powell is going to let us go on cruise control.
1: Well, that's what you want. I, I, I don't think I know. I know there's some disagreement here. When the Fed chairman looks into the camera and says we're making a powerful statement, we're going to support the credit markets no matter what. and now's not time to worry about the deficit. After, every, after that, everything else is noise to me and they've proven that they're willing to do it. What that chart shows you, Oliver, and let me take a minute to explain it. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's one of the most important charts I've ever I've ever looked at. It's excess liquidity. It's provided by Ned Davis Research via uh, through us. And again, what it means is the amount of money that's readily available. In other words, it includes M2 plus equity and bond mutual funds and ETFs, money you could have right now, whether you're a corporation or household. And then what it measures is that amount of money against what it takes for economic growth. So you don't want it to go constantly higher. What you'll notice is each peak that you see in that chart typically happens maybe three to six months after the bottom of a bear market slash recession. What you want to see now is that go down because it means industrial production is going up. That's how you measure this money availability against what it's needed for economic activity is through industrial production. You want to see industrial production do what it's been doing, recovering. You want to see less excess liquidity because Mm. it means going into economic growth.
0: Okay, so the setup here, basically, the underpinning is there. It's solid. It's the foundation. Do you buy in or do you ascribe, I should say, Tony, to the belief that To see further recovery on the actual productivity side of the economy, the real economy, do you need to have another dose of stimulus or can you just have a choppier, slower grind in the recovery?
1: I think the stimulus would be helpful for the current unemployed, which is now 8.4 percent. They want to get it to full employment. There has been a significant recovery already in the employment picture. So it's awful for those that are still out of work. And looking for work. However, the economy is already recovering on its own, and in our view, you don't want to see a you know this parabolic economic recovery again. Not a social statement from a macro level, because then it brings in more likelihood that the Fed overshot to the accommodation. Now mm-hmm. we, they they've been very clear that they haven't but the way that the trajectory of the economy is going is is fairly, if you look at productivity, for example, after the 2009 uh, low, we're pretty much replicating that. That's the thing, Oliver, most of the data I can find is replicating the post uh, the, the post low and the great financial crisis, both for the market as well as the economy. It just doesn't happen the way we've seen it, where now all the, the smaller traders think it's just up and to the right every day, up a half, a Now we're getting the reality of this is going to be choppy. There's a lot of volatility, and there's damn good reasons for the volatility. Mm. But as long as you have that excess liquidity coupled with a synchronized global recovery, we're looking to add into it. it, It's already down almost 10%. To now just say, wow, these things are correcting. I should get cautious. It's already down 10%. (laughs)
0: That's
1: when you want to add into it with those two factors in play.
0: So Tony, the incrementally new though money that's coming into the market, if it's not coming from the fiscal side, there's nothing for the Fed to monetize. It seems like Jay Powell's okay with where he is. So it seems like you have to have a a fundamental view about kind of what the absolute potential for growth is to then think, all right, even if there's not more coming in, the stock market can go higher. Because if you're looking at the rates right? Our rate is is slowing somewhat, at least from the Fed. And then the question is, all right, if that means maybe valuations are not able to expand as quickly, you got to have the earnings. So are we, though, in a market here whose future will be determined by the actual economy as opposed to a market that doesn't matter what's going on with the economy, that soared to new highs when the economy was blowing up?
1: Well, that's what that chart showed, right? it's showing that the economy is now becoming more important than the, than the excess liquidity. You want to see excess liquidity come down. You, ultimately, as you know, Oliver, it always comes down to earnings. And earnings after a tank like we've had, to earnings recession like we had, typically take two and a half to three years to get back to where they were. We don't see any reason that that can't happen in this situation. And, and it's funny, I, I go back and I, I read my stuff from 2009 into 2010, and again, there are always periods of corrective action. But with that said, what do you? Do? We have the um, the recessions behind us, the the worst of the recessions behind us. Clearly, it's not a, a perfect recovery. It never is. We have the Fed tightening and draining liquidity behind us. We have the global shutdown behind us. We know that if you go out with masks, you'll be in better shape to not get the COVID-19. Remember when we were in the tank meaning they tanked the economy to shut it down, it was because we didn't know what the heck it was or how to handle it or how long the economy would be shut. Yes, you're going to see places slow down. But when I was on vacation t- two weeks ago, literally everybody there was at- wore a mask no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's a different game now that, I again, we've made the turn. The, the top five companies that made up more than 20% of the S&P index, that's just too much. Mm. And now they've given it back, the market's corrected. And again, excess liquidity, synchronized global recovery equals, in our view, adding to risk, knowing that you may not be buying the bottom tick.
0: Tony, uh, I want to bring up, just because you have mentioned that kind of synchronized recovery taking shape, you have a chart that's a little bit messy for some of the viewers, but uh, also from Ned Davis Research, basically puts together some of these leading indicators, shares of those composite leading indicators, either above 100, turning positive mm-hmm. on a year-over-year and monthly change. The monthly is in the middle. So for folks watching, okay. go to the far right corner. You see the bottom on the top panel. That's the share of those composite leading indicators above 100. Second one's the monthly. Third is the year over year. So Tony, if these have bottomed out, then what is the hypothetical here? If we do get some other dose of stimulus, if we can get a little shot in the arm, no vaccine pun intended, to get the economy picking up even more speed, what would that mean for your view on how to position in the market? Does it mean you have to be focused on the cyclical recovery plays and be even more wary of the tech stuff. What's gonna be that relationship no. between recovery and tech? Because tech's still got all that valuation play that happened over the last six months.
1: and they've given it a they've given a bunch of it back though. Right? So I'm nowhere 10%. near as cautious as I was in mega cap tech three weeks ago. Right? When you've taken a couple of them back to the May lows, not even the June or July lows, the May lows at the same level they were then. But again, that chart, if you could bring it back up to explain it, it's a really important chart that we use each on dwarsstrategy.com. We use these charts each month in our in our chart book. And, and you know if you go there, you can get a shameless plug, I know it, but that's where you can find it. And what this chart shows you, that blue line on the top, the only time it's ever been at zero, meaning zero percentage of this 37 countries tracked by the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, the only time it's been at zero, while the middle one, the month-to-month, has been at 90, was in the late summer, early fall of 2009. It's yet another indication that everybody shut it down at once, and everybody's coming back at once. Maybe not you know, right back to where it was. That's not how it works, but it's, it's slowly beginning. And that's when you want to, again, add into the economic recovery theme that's our that's still our focus, but not as much about, you know, come out of the other one, the mega cap tech. We're, mm. we're neutral weight there. We were obviously leaning a little bit cautious there. That's not really the situation after the drubbing that they've taken.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Tony, looking forward to following up on that uh, market continuing to come under pressure here. A little bit more of a hopeful tone, uh, though, Mr. Dwyer. Thank you for joining us. Great thoughts as always, Tony. Appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you, Oliver. Have a great day.
0: Thanks a lot. Tony Dwyer's chief market strategist at Cantacord Genuity.